Welcome to the Augusta Golf Show podcast. Now, here's John Patrick. Well, a couple of weeks ago, Stuart Hagestad won his third United States Mid-Amateur Championship. That means he'll be returning to Augusta in April, playing in the Masters again. It's a pleasure to welcome Stuart Hagestad to the Augusta Golf Show for the very first time. How are you, Stuart? I'm great. Thanks for, thanks for having me. This is a treat. Um, I see that your full name is John Stuart Hagestad III. How did it become Stuart? Were there too many John Hagestads? My uh, my grandfather was Stu, and my father is John, and, and I'm Stuart. And um, I don't know, I, I think a lot of people have something similar, but when you, you kind of you know reach out to someone via email or text or whatever it is, it always starts as Stuart, but then as soon as you kind of establish a friendship or some kind of a, you know, amicable relationship, then it just kind of transitions to Stu. But no, my dad's John, and, and I'm Stuart. Nobody calls you John? Not that I can think of. I don't really think I'm a John. Maybe? <laughs> no, there's no one I can think of. All right. Mom didn't call you John? No, no, no. She uh, she calls me a, a series of different words. I, we all have John. those, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who introduced you to the game? I grew up on a golf course, and um, ironically, my mom likes to, to kind of make the joke that my first words were, rake the trap. Um, she likes to tell that story. Um, we grew up on the eighth hole of this course called Big Canyon Country Club. Um, if anyone remembers uh, a book that came out that Golf Digest put on with Tiger Woods on the cover, kind of facing the camera with the, you know, the cord golf pride grip and an interlock grip kind of facing facing the camera that entire book is is shot at big canyon there's a lot of shots of like 13 14 but we grew up on the eighth hole and there's a bunker that's just outside our house and when i was a kid that was kind of your your sandbox so to speak and i'm sure that i wandered out more than a couple times and was somewhat of a nuisance to, to folks playing but um you know that was that was a big part of it you probably didn't realize it then but you may think about it now and realize it do you know now when the game got you? Um, the answer's kind of. Um, I don't really remember it, but when when I was a kid, Tiger was an honorary member at Big Canyon, and, you know, he would go and play, and I think it's kind of a notorious story now. He'd go out and, you know, he would, he would either play worse ball or he'd, he'd hit a couple and hit shots. And um, I guess when, when he was competing in the tournament, um you know, in April, my birthday is April 10th, and it's always been kind of a really special time of year. And like a lot of other, you know, certainly Americans, but folks across the world, you're kind of drawn, you know, to the Masters tournament. And um, I guess I was five or six years old and, you know, looked at the TV and kind of pointed at it and said, hey, that's that's Tiger. And um, I guess, you know, for my parents to kind of have me recognize that, you know, that was this guy that, you know, that would go out and play. And it was almost this, you know, they tell the story of just like, hey, it's, it's wild that, you know, you were able to kind of identify that. And um, I've always, I wouldn't say I'm a, a student of the game per se, because like what, what by definition is that, but I've always just kind of been fascinated and interested with, you know, reading the, the books that we almost give as gag gifts around the holidays of, you know, playing, whether it's different types of games or fascinated by different golf courses around the world or, you know, maybe it's just even kind of, you know, stories that, that we know or have heard of kind of, you know, over the years. And I've just always kind of been in love with it and infatuated by it. But I can't, the, the closest thing that I can identify regarding, you know, kind of gotcha is just, 
um, like a lot of other guys, gals, I guess, a lot of other people, you know, our age, just, you know, we're, we're really part of that initial kind of tiger tsunami that, that took place. How good were you at USC? Um, I was good, but I wasn't like anything super special. I, the, what I go back to with that is I was a very firm believer that the national championship was played in the spring. Um, <laughs> I was in the business school and I, I, um, I, you know, worked internships every summer and I pledged my freshman fall. So there was just a lot of stuff going on, but at the same time, you know, when I was playing and when I, you know, I, I've always loved competing and I've always loved kind of preparing to give yourself the best chance to play great and before i was exempt for the usam um i tried to qualify for seven usams and have qualified gone through qualifying um and been successful in seven of them so um i always enjoyed kind of the process of like trying to prepare trying to peak at the right time and and i owe a ton of credit to to coach zambri that i played for at usc you know and kind of helping um both with the discipline, but as well as, you know, just kind of the efficiency of those respective practices. We're talking with uh, Stuart Hagestad here on the Augusta Golf Show. So never really, honestly, tempted to go professional? No. Um, I mean, obviously, I wanted to as a junior player and when I was kind of early in college. But I pretty vividly remember um, basically the decision or the conversation that I had with with coach, um, I want to say it was my sophomore year and it was kind of like, I think it was a decision that I, it was almost like a breakup in a way where like it was a decision that you kind of knew was coming and you were forcing a fork in the road. And when I finally got there, it, you didn't really understand the gravity of the moment until you made the decision in your head. And I mean, I was fully in tears and super emotional. I was in, I was in Newport for the weekend and I was driving back up to SC and, um, I mean, it's about an hour long car ride and like the entire time I was, you know, kind of, emotional then i would be in tears and crying then i would get it back again and then the cycle would restart and um and really since that day like i've it just really hasn't crossed my mind you know i i'm not talking about championships when i ask this question i'm not talking about playing in the masters what's the most rewarding thing about staying an amateur and and playing the game at at your level i mean as i'm looking at my phone right now i have two or three different group chats that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for, for, you know, the game. And, um, I think as I've gotten older, I've had a little bit better appreciation and understanding kind of for what this means in the sense that like when you're a kid, you know, you're always kind of told like, you know, just the relationships that you're going to create over the course of time are pretty invaluable, right? It's, it's almost kind of one of those things where you don't really appreciate how, how great of a job your parents did raising you until you get a little bit older and then you're kind of like wait how on earth did you do this um i think as i've gotten older and have the chance to to meet friends and peers and mentors and folks i look up to and you know just kind of different parts of of life that are important to all of us i i think a lot of it can you know kind of be rooted and, and can be brought back to the game of golf and um Certainly, I love to compete. You know, I, you, you kind of said that. So that aside, I just I look at so many of my really close relationships that I've been able to kind of form over the years. And um, you know, if it wasn't with that commonality of the game, I, I think that you know they may not either exist, or maybe they wouldn't be quite as strong. Um, you've made the cut at the Masters. You've been low amateur at the Masters. What what is that whole experience like? Yeah, what a special week. What a special place. 
Um, as I said, you know, my birthday is April 10th, and that time of year has always been, been pretty special, you know, just to me personally. Um, I don't think it's going out on a limb to say that growing up in the United States, um, that's a tournament that, that, you know, we kind of look at and just dream of having the opportunity to attend, let alone to play in, you know, let alone to have any, any success in, you know, beyond that. So, um, you know, as I think about, you know, both, I guess, the National Golf Club as well as the Masters itself, um, I get chills just, just really thinking about, you know, the opportunity to go back there and to drive down Magnolia Lane and, you know, to to hear kind of the, the Masters piano theme song. It's just, there's so many incredible, um, really just timeless traditions, you know, that are that are created down there. And, and to be a part of that, you know, even a very, very brief blip in the club's history back in, in 2017, being low am with Sergio and, you know, Chairman Payne and, you know, obviously in there with, with Jim Nance and Danny Willett put the, put the green jacket on, on Sergio. It's, it's, uh, it's certainly a memory that I hold very, you know, near and dear to my heart. You know, everybody talks about the Champions Dinner. We hear a lot about the Champions Dinner, and people may not realize there is an amateur dinner that week. Is that is there give and take? Is there a lot of conversation? What's that experience like? Wow, that's a great question. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a special night. I mean, obviously, the, the Champions Dinner, um, we all kind of read about and we hear about. No one's tweeting about, you know, what the uh, what the amateur dinner, <laughs> you know, menu is. <laughs> um it's it's a in in the years past it was a lovely you know soup and salad and steak and you know, I think that uh, some of the other kids may not have been but you know I had a, I had a glass of wine uh, huh. yeah it's, it's a great night and it's a chance to to kind of you know the first year to to meet a lot of people that I've kind of looked up to in, in some capacity and and certainly the second time you know to kind of um, reengage with with relationships and and people that I've had the chance to meet in the past and. Um, Again, you know, what I kind of go back to is I think the older you get, the more you kind of appreciate um, things that you didn't, you, maybe you either took for granted or didn't totally understand when you were younger. And, um, you know, as I've gotten older and had the chance to, to meet some of the folks that attend, you know, that dinner, whether they're members or um, folks with the USGA and the RNA, or maybe they're just esteemed guests, um, you know, that are there that night. It's just to be a small part of, of you know, I guess you could say one of those esteemed guests is is a pretty pretty neat honor and um it's a it's a great night it's always uh in or at least the last two times it's been um been monday night which is the same night as the as the national championship so um i went from the amateur dinner kind of straight up to the crow's nest and had a chance to to watch um you know the ncaa men's basketball championship so it's, it's pretty cool you know you mentioned kids you mentioned age talk to me about the fact that you you know, on the Walker Cup teams, you keep getting older, but your teammates don't. It feels like they keep getting younger, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think from that standpoint, um, certainly from an age um, medium, you know, you, you can kind of look at that on paper and, and kind of look at the age. Um, I, I definitely think that there's, there's certain moments or interactions throughout the week where maybe where golf isn't specifically a part of either the conversation or the interaction where um, there's certain things where younger guys will, will show their age. You know, an easy example would be like knowing how to tie a tie as crazy as that sounds. Right. You know, but when you're, when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, like 
you're you're probably not doing that quite as much as you are when you get a little bit older, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of times where shoot during the week you got to tie up, um, you know, whether it's for work or for a dinner or for a wedding or whatever. So, um, I mean, I, as I mentioned earlier, I went through pledging, so that was that was learned pretty early. But yeah. um, but at the same time, um, I, I look at a lot of them, and there's so much mutual admiration and respect for each other's games and for what each other are able to do as a competitor. And I think as it applies to the Walker Cup um, and also, you know, the Masters in years past for sure, but specifically as it applies to the Walker Cup, um, you're just so fired up to be a part of that team and, and to, to represent the United States, to represent amateur golf, um, to represent the USGA, um, just just to, to kind of be part of, again, a small part of, you know, the history of the event and, um, you know, to, to go out and try and play your best. You don't really think about the age quite as much. There's certainly moments where, um, certainly this year and in years past, you know, guys would, would maybe ask questions or, you know, in certain capacities lean on me, um, you know, for maybe what the schedule of the week looks like or, you know, what we can and can't get away with, maybe as far as, like, practice or working out or <laughs> stuff like that. But for the most part, um, we don't really – really think about that i think it's more of a big brother little brother type of okay the old guy's gonna know ask the old guy he'll know yeah yeah Uh, you know i i I mean this uh, this is meant to be a serious question it's going to sound flip what's your secret how do you keep beating the college kids (laughs) well they're they're really good right um they're first teamers they're the they're quite literally the best in the amateur game i think what it comes down to is i just i really love to compete and I really love the process of, of trying to give myself the best opportunity to play well. And I think one thing that's certainly in years past been really helpful is I've had a lot of reps, um, a lot of tournament reps, a lot of a lot of a lot of reps being around guys like maybe a Gordon Sargent or Colin Morikawa, Scotty Scheffler. I mean, she can go through basically any of those Walker Cup teams. Um, there's tens, if not close to a hundred more that I could reference, but. I think having a pretty good understanding of either a what's good enough from the standpoint of kind of where your game needs to be, but then two, um, you're not pro- you're probably not quite as intimidated to stand on the tee playing a guy like Gordon or Nick as I may have been when I was eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old because um, you've seen it before mm-hmm. and you know what they can and maybe can't do, but more specifically, like you. You're not getting into a boxing ring, you know, with with Mike Tyson, right? You're you're going out there and you're gonna you're gonna bring your best and they're gonna bring yours and for one way or the other, you know, good, bad or otherwise, like life's gonna go on, right? So prepare the best way you know how to. Um, I wouldn't say don't be intimidated by the moment, but you know, have a pretty good understanding, you know, of kind of what you're getting yourself into and what what you not only can do but also what you don't like to do, and then leaning into you know, or trying to lean into what your strengths are, and um, and then just you know go go play your best. Again, this will sound flip, but there there aren't many like you. There aren't many that have done this. I think of of Jay and and some other folks who have done this. It playing in these events, playing against this competition. Do you are are you knowledge? Is it getting easier because of experience or harder because of the age? You know, I think you could make an argument both ways. Um, again, I, I don't really, I, I think that that's a great example of a question that I might be able to answer better 
in 5, 10, 15 years. Hmm. Right now, um, I've treated my body pretty well, um, in just in terms of, you know, working out, trying to eat right. I, I, I There's a big wave surfer, professional surfer named Laird Hamilton that says treat your body like a truck where, like, most of what goes into it should be good for you, but it also shouldn't kill you to, you know, have a couple beers or mm-hmm. have a cheeseburger or whatever. So I think by and large, I've, I've, I've tried to, you know, stretch and be limber and, um, but also, you know, to work out and to be active. So I think from a physical standpoint, there's that, but then mentally a lot of people think, you know, all I do is hit golf balls and do putting drills throughout the winter. And I really don't like, I mean, crump got down a week ago and I haven't touched a golf club since that's not to say I don't play golf, right? Like I'll go and, um, you know, I'll, I'll play in various capacities if you're called for, and, you know, certainly Thanksgiving, Christmas, like I'll go and play with, you know, close friends or, or family members. But, uh, I, I think that during the winter time, if the itch, you know, needs to be scratched, then yeah, I'll go throw in a podcast and go chip and pot or maybe hit a couple. Um, there's definitely times during the winter time where there's, you know, minutes of self doubt where you're just like, wait, like, you know, I, I hit the shot and that's bugging me. So you go and you, you try and iron it out on the range. But I think it's really healthy to, to go and to, and to take time off and, and to really allow yourself to miss it. Um, there's kind of an idiom or an adage that I really like where what, what makes music so great is the time in between notes. Um, and I think the same can be said, you know, as it applies to, as it applies to golf. And, you know, obviously we've got a cool spring lined up, but, you know, in other years when you begin to, you know, kind of see an event on the horizon. Um, you know, you, you get to the artist formerly known as daylight savings time. So that's not a thing anymore. Uh, but you know, that, that third or fourth week of March and you're kind of like, man, like I miss grinding. I miss, I miss practicing and, you know, trying to, to kind of chip away and find time to really make this a priority. And, um, I think that's just as important as, as anything practice wise is to just really, to want to um, to want to prepare and, and to do it the right way and to make it a, make it a priority. Are you a professional businessman that plays high level amateur golf or a high level amateur golfer that's a professional businessman? Uh, I sure like to think that going to graduate school, graduating with honors, um, working for a guy that candidly doesn't really care that much about golf. Um, you know, the internet may think differently, but at the same time, um, I, there's a, you, you, we can find it on the internet. There's a whole bunch of boys that play a lot more than I do. No. Um, I know exactly how much I've played versus others and we don't need to go down that rabbit hole, but, um, I've been pretty, pretty disciplined with my schedule and, um, I love to play and love to compete, but that's also kind of what makes it fun. Right. Like I yeah. could never see myself turning pro. I don't play in four balls. I haven't played a member guest in a long, long time. It's not saying I won't do it, but it's been a minute. Um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty disciplined as far as kind of what I've played in, um, you know, the events that I've tried to be a part of, and I've, I've kind of gone out of my way um, to really not play golf during the week. Like if I'm, if I'm not playing, like I'm not playing. Um, so take that as you may a lot of people can find fault with that and you can create your own prerogative or story or whatever but um i feel like i've done a pretty good job of 
trying to make sure that you know it's it's business first and golf later. But at the same time, if you get picked to be to represent the United States to be on a Walker Cup team, and you go to someone you know that you work for that maybe doesn't understand the significance of something like that or the achievement, the honor that it is to, to be a part of something like that, um, or even to try and earn the opportunity to be you know a part of something like that, then I don't know. Maybe maybe you should either reconsider where you're at or you know look at some kind of a strategic alternative. Uh, I deeply appreciate the time, Stuart. I wanted to give you a moment. Do you want to go ahead and say go Irish while, we, while we're together? I don't think I can say that until mm. after a certain, okay. a certain week in October. Right, you thought. guys are awfully good, and I think we're going to get our – I think we're going to be, be humbled. We need our defense to be a little bit stronger. we got plenty of horsepower on offense. But, um, you know, as I think about that, you know, the Dunman and Seamus and CJ and Devin Vrabel, a guy I work with, you know, some of the other boys in Chicago, they know who they are. I, I don't think I can say that with a straight face. Okay. I, there's a non-zero chance. No, 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 I, I won't be because my sister's wedding. But um, I'll be tuned in to South Bend and um, wish you boys the best of luck and it should be a great game. I grow weary of that fight song of yours. I was in South Bend for that 49 to 10 butt kicking you guys gave us. So, you know, there's, there's plenty of history there and um, it'll be a great game. So it's, what makes college football so great are, are rivalries like this, and I know that the mutual respect that we have for each other's schools, or you know, that's that's what makes it great. So all good. He is Stuart Hagestad. He is the United States Mid Amateur Championship or champion again for the third time. He'll be at the Masters in April. Stuart, thank you for taking the time to do this. I deeply appreciate it. Of course, thank you for having me. This has been a treat.